Hi there, or as we say in Kentucky, hey y'all, it's time to dust off that hat, place your bets, and fill up your glass. You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast with Claudia Coffey. The Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast is sponsored by Mint Julep Experiences, your all-inclusive provider of exclusive, authentic, and curated bourbon, culinary, horse, and mixology experiences in Kentucky. If you're looking for a five-star experience blending Kentucky signature products, look no further than Mint Julep Experiences, locally owned and operated for 14 years. Go to mintjuleptours.com. On this episode, we're talking about the iconic Derby hat. The most sought-after unique hats are created by Jenny Fannensteel, owner of Forme Millinery. Trainers' wives, locals, even celebrities seek her out to create a one-of-a-kind derby hat. She's also the featured milliner of the 147th Kentucky Derby. First of all, congratulations on being named the official milliner of the Kentucky Derby again. Well, it's, it's truly an honor and you know, just to be recognized with my craft of um, hat making and, and how I make hats um, using, you know, the age old techniques of um, creating hats by blocking over wood and so forth. But just to be recognized for that and my love of hats and how I make them and just keeping the craft alive all together. It's just, it's truly an honor. Um, and to be the second milliner ever featured by Churchill Downs in 147 years wow. is, is quite remarkable. So, yeah. And, and that means too, if you're going into the Derby Museum or to the gift shop on the grounds of Churchill Downs, your hats will be for sale in the, yes. in those shops. Yes, they will be um, in the Kentucky Derby Museum. Cause I am the official milliner of the museum as well. So um, you'll have, hats that you can purchase out of the gift shop there. Uh, and then in the museum, I also have a permanent plaque uh, that talks about uh, my relationship with the museum and, and the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and then I have a permanent hat display. Because um, right now they, they've changed their display around in the museum where um, it's talked talking about COVID and with the horse racing and how things really changed in the last year. And and coordinating masks with your hat and you, you know, ever think I, I mean know, I know right I never imagine that, that you would be you know designing some custom mask to go with the I hat know. but why not I, hey well you might as well you know if it's if it's the requirement to wear masks which this year it will be you know might as well coordinate I mean masks have now been it's weird to think that they've been around for now a year here yeah. in the United States that you know, now you're not just going for the medical mask, you're, you're trying to coordinate with your outfit every day. <laughs> you mentioned a little bit about your technique uh, that you yeah. approach with hat making, because when I, I remember when I lived in other states and I would come back to the Derby and I'm like, just as a spectator, I'm like, okay, let's go to this department store and get a hat. And then I would show up here and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really rise to the occasion, you know, there, there are hats and then there's a Forme hat and there's, I think a huge, huge difference because, uh, kind of describe like what goes into making it even, I think we talked one time, even your materials that you're using to put this hat together. Yeah. I feel like you're, I'm wearing art when yeah. I, it is, it's like wearing a piece of art. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, especially here in Kentucky during Derby, you you can go to the gas station and get a hat. The grocery store. <laughs> So yes, there are hats everywhere, but it is a little different coming to my hat shop in Louisville and and meeting someone like myself, a true milliner. So um, when you walk into my hat shop, you'll not only see pre-made hats, but you'll also see uh, raw materials of how I create my hat. So you'll see the hat blocks that I use, which are the molds that I form the material uh, to create different shapes and styles and sizes. So when you come in for a custom hat, for instance, you'll be able to pick a shape that works best for you. You'll be able to see and feel the different raw materials that I use, the cinemas, the horse hairs, the braid. Um, and that way we it can really be a, a personal experience and a very customized experience. Um, so a lot of my materials do come from England, Australia, and France. Uh, so, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, you're, you're not just going to Joanne Fabrics and right. <laughs> getting this material. So when I'm in a pinch for something, I can't just run out and get something. But um, at any rate, you know, it's it they come. These materials come from millinery supply houses. Uh, and um, as far as my trims go, I like to utilize vintage trims. So a, a lot of the trims that I use are from France from the 20s and 30s. Uh, that are typically handmade. Um, and I've just found resources all over the world of people who are selling these things. And I try to give them a new life. How long does it take on average to make one hat? Because these are just not big hat bow. Everything is just so different. One is not like the other. Right. Ever. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything I do is one of a kind. And, and you're right. I'm, I'm not purchasing a hat base and then hot gluing something together and it taking 30 minutes. So it is about a three to four day process to mold the material over the wood. Um, and then it has to dry and then I hand sew it all together. Um, and then the embellishments, of course. So, you know, everything is hand sewn, nothing is glued. Um, you know, it just, it, it's going to provide many years of life for the hat. Uh, when, when you have a quality made hat and people will Will, who come into the hat shop and try on hats really even just feel a difference because a lot of times when you see a hat in a department store that's been mass produced, it's heavy, it's hard. Um, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good, good. When it's on your hood, yeah, on your head. It, um, and when you try on um, a handmade hat um, from myself, it, it's lightweight and, you know, it, it's comfortable, which it should be. I mean, the Derby is a very long day and I don't think people realize how long they're going to be wearing their hat for. So it's very important that it's comfortable and that it fits you properly. And I've heard what so far limited spectators for the Derby. And then yeah. I think Keeneland announced uh, earlier this week, I think I heard limited spectators for their spring meet. And I'm like, yes, now I'm going to hat for that too. Uh, right. when you hear that and you, you have kind of, I know you're, you're working year round. This is not something you can start 30 days out or, or right, you know, right. even two months out. What trends, colors, styles have you already been working on as we kind of enter this this brand new spring, you know, returning to the tracks and doing things safely, but we're all excited to get back. Yeah. What trends are, are you kind of focusing in on? Well, you know, as far as colors go, 
you're seeing a lot more nature tones, um, more creams and browns and greens and oranges. Um, I don't want to say fall colors, but if you took those fall colors and made them a little springy, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, it's definitely more nature and all about texture, uh, simplicity and, you know, and with having to coordinate with a mask, you really have to, you, now you have to think about how is my hat going to work with my outfit and my mask. And, you know, if you're going with a pretty extravagant hat with a lot going on, you want to probably keep your mask and, and outfits more on a simple statement. So <laughs> I feel like that is always the big question. Yeah. Women are like, okay, do I start with the dress or the outfit, then go hat, then mask, mm -hmm. or do I do hat, mask, then outfit? Right. What, what, right. when they, well, people come into your store in Louisville, I guess it's really whatever they're feeling that day, whichever way they yeah. start, you're there to assist. Oh, absolutely. I, there are people who do both. They start with the hat or they already picked out the outfit. So, you know, we can certainly cater to, um, with both, but keep in mind, your hat is your statement piece. You know, your, your outfit, I'm sure will be very lovely, whatever you choose, but people are going to be looking at your hat. So you want to make sure that how, whichever order you get your hat, uh, that that's the statement piece um, of your whole ensemble. And you even get into a lot of men's styles for men that are wearing hat. I've noticed a lot of those over at the Derby Museum and at your shop, especially when I follow your social media feed, I see these, I mean, it really is like, if you're going and you're with a group or you were there with a couple, you know, the men, they can dress it up too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The men get into it as well, for sure. Um, and then quite nice than, you know, seeing a man all dressed up and dapper and wearing his bow tie and, and fedora. So yes, the men get into derby attire just as the women do. And a lot of times they will coordinate with colors. Uh, but yes, uh, the gentleman should absolutely consider wearing a hat. Uh, fedoras are very popular. I've seen top hats there, um, newsboys hats. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seersucker suits, it's, it's a great day for everyone to really go all out and dress up to the nines and just have a great time. Aren't you excited that, that you can now actually plan this I know. year? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I always feel for creative types that, you know, I'm one and I think of my friends that are creative types, not being able to plan and create for a purpose drives me insane, drives yeah. me insane. And I can't imagine what last year was like for you that you're thinking you've put your heart and your soul and sweat into these beautiful hats. And, yeah. and then what do you do? You know, I know, I know. And I know that Churchill Downs really wanted to make it happen. And, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're shortening the amount of spectators. Okay. We're having to shorten it again. And then a couple of weeks. Okay. No, forget about it. <laughs> to be safe. Let's just, let's, go, no. let's just do this next year instead. Right. So what is it like in your shop right now? Oh, it's just packed <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yes. Like it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's a fun chaos, uh, a very organized chaos. Um, you know, custom hat orders, you know, 
material set aside for that particular custom order and waiting to be put on a hat block. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just fun. It's, it's, I enjoy so much going into my shop every day because it's inspirational. It's, it's, I get to be creative and work with my hands and, and I get to make something that's part me and part my customer and, you know, will, you know, be a, a symbol of a, a very big memory for them. I was going to say, they'll them. always look at that hat yeah. and remember that entire experience around that hat. Exactly. That's heavy. <laughs> wow. No pressure, yeah. Jenny. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it better be comfortable, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, even after Derby, how do things change in your shop? Uh, I'll go back to your social media feed because I, I even noticed through uh, the fall, uh, late summer, fall, you shifted to all oh, these beautiful hats. Like it was like year round hats. Yep. And um, that wasn't something I was used to before. And even this fall, I started wearing more hats and I'm like, why not? Absolutely. You know, I, I try to tell people there's no reason why you can't be warm and fashionable, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So if you've always loved a hat, why not wear it in the winter as well? Uh, you know, it, it serves as a, as a great piece to warm your head and warm your ears and, and also coordinate with your, your coat. In uh, some hats, you wouldn't even need to take off when you go indoors. It just, it, it just flows in with the outfit. But yeah, I, I make more than just derby hats. I make hats for all seasons and occasions. Uh, so, uh, you know, I still have fall hats right now in my shop, uh, you know, and, you know, people, and I of course make fall hats all year round for people who might be going to, colder parts of the world to go skiing or so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I make it all <laughs> bridal weddings, funerals, um, you know, new year's Eve holiday events. How did your love of hat making begin? Where did this come from? Cause it is such a unique throwback art, right. And, and craft. Yeah. It really is. Um, so I guess, the creative artistic part uh, really came from how I grew up. My mother and my grandmother, uh, they taught me how to sew when I was five years old. I was doing cross stitch. And, uh, you know, my mom always sewed all my clothes. She, made, she would go to the fabric store and get patterns and make my clothes and put patterns on me and... <laughs> Um, whenever I wanted the latest trend in pants or something, she would go out and make them. Um, so that naturally led me to go to fashion design school, which I did in Denver. I went to the Art Institute of, of Colorado for costume design. And I thought I was going to make costumes for the ballet, um, which I did, but I very much loved the ballet and, and for theater and commercials. And I did a Grammy dress for Margaret Cho. I um, made costumes for Cirque du Soleil, um, but I always loved hats, um, and I did incorporate hats into my costumes, but I never really knew what I was doing. I was just kind of winging it and putting it together, but I wasn't blocking them over wood um, in the traditional sense, and so when I wanted to learn more about the craft of hat making, 
and I did research in the United States, there really wasn't a lot offered. So I ended up finding a course in Australia and I went to Australia and did an apprenticeship there. And that changed my life forever. Um, because I knew how to hand sew it, the whole process came very natural to me. And I immediately fell in love and I thought to myself, this is what I meant to do. And so when I came back to the States, I started dabbling in the things that I had learned in Australia and making hats in my basement. And then I uh, would make hats and then sell them at art shows in Chicago. That's where I used to live. And, and then one day um, I was doing a show and the woman next to me, she was from Louisville, Kentucky. And she said, you really should sell your hats in Kentucky for the Derby. <laughs> and it never even crossed my mind. You, you probably hadn't even attended a Derby yet, right? No, no. You know, yeah. I'm hearing from Colorado and Chicago and yeah, you know, I'd heard of the Derby, but I'd never, I'd never been to the Derby or really got into all that. And, um, but so the following year I stayed with this, this, um, person I had met at a show and um, made appointments at stores off Frankfurt Avenue and <laughs> sold hats out of my trunk and wow uh, and so for six years I came and made uh, came down to Kentucky for about two months at a time and did custom work for clients and during that time I just I fell in love with the town the people uh I mean, everybody was so sweet and nice and, and then just to see how supportive everybody was and how the town was for small businesses, mm -hmm. it was night and day from a big city like Chicago. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful state and, you know, a great place to live. So it took a couple of years to convince my husband to move to Kentucky from Chicago. Uh, but uh, we finally made the move and and, you know, and it's allowed me to open up a hat shop here, you know, in Chicago, it's, it's you know, very difficult um, with the real estate there. So, you know, here I was able to make my dreams come true. And, and now we have a hat box company and we're getting ready to open a supply company. And so it's just, it's a big, happy hat empire family. <laughs> it was meant to be. It truly, truly it was. was meant to be. <laughs> So yes. what is the process if people want to contact you, come to your store? Do you recommend they go online first, make an appointment? How does the whole one-of-a-kind hat adventure yeah. begin? <laughs> well, there's a couple different ways. Um, so I do have regular business hours at the shop. Uh, we're open Tuesday through Friday, 12 to 6, and Saturday, 11 to 5, um, or by appointment. Are you off of Frankfurt Avenue? No, we're on Main Street. You're on Main Street. Okay. 1009 East Main Street. Um, if you are familiar with High Five Donuts, which a lot of people are. Yes. <laughs> um, High Five Donuts and Cultured, which is a gourmet cheese shop. Uh, I'm smack dab in the middle. I'm in a little green cottage. So, uh, so yes, you can come to the hat shop in person. Um, you don't have to set an appointment, but if uh, you would like to, I certainly take appointments and, and do suggest that um, that way we can have block time just for you. Um, you can also go to my website, which is formamillinery.com. Uh, take a look at different hats that I've uh, created and get some ideas of types of the things that I create. Uh, 
you can we can you can email me at info at formamillinery.com and we can communicate via email. Um, a lot of times when you're out, you know, my clients that are out of state, we do everything on the via email or yeah. phone call. So um, it can be done. <laughs> um, you don't have to be here in person. So there's lots of ways that you can get in touch with me and, and we can make this work for you. And when do you recommend people start their custom order if they want something? You know, when is it just too late? Do you start like you have orders now? Oh, things- most definitely. Oh, I bet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People that know they're coming to the Derby or they're, they're going to something and they need it. Yes. It's wow. always best to start as soon as possible, um, especially if you're having something custom made. Uh, you know, it's a process. And with the custom orders that I have, um, lining up, you know, it, you were, you're not going to be able to get it in four days. So it's, um, I try to put a stop <laughs> to custom orders, um, a month before Derby. So the beginning of April, uh, you know, however, there are those that maybe just found out they're going to the track or something and they need a hat. So I try to accommodate those that uh, find out the last minute that they're going and they need something. But I, I would recommend to everybody, if you can get everything in your custom orders in before the beginning of April, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> well, it has been so great catching up with you. I miss seeing you in person. I know you too. <laughs> Some but I just know it's just probably such a relief to be able to plan this year and get going and, um, I can't wait to see all the beautiful, beautiful designs in the stands and even at Keeneland, right? Yes, Yes, it's going to be great. Derby will happen this year. (laughs) Hold on. There is light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) There is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to suggest to people or uh, direct them, websites, anything like that? You said Forme Millinery, so... Formamillinary.com. Um, I'm also on social media at Forme Millinery. Um, so yeah, please just, you know, I'm, I'm an open book and I love answering questions. So if, if you're not sure where, what direction you want to go or even where to start, I'm, I'm happy to assist any way that I can. A special thank you to my guest, Jenny Fannensteel. If you would like to reach out to Jenny or need more information about Forme Millinery, just head on over to my show notes for all the information. A special thank you to my sponsor, Mint Julep Experiences. Get started planning your authentic Kentucky experience. Go to mintjuleptours.com. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. (music) 